Happy New Year! Ah! Fireworks! Confetti! Chocolate! Cannons! Spewing! Hot lava! Chocolate sauce all over the crowd! Welcome to the new year, everyone! Thank you for joining us here in the Juicy Goss Lounge. Uh, If you do have lactose intolerance, you might want to uh, make sure you don't eat any of that chocolate sauce because it is a particular recipe using uh, double heavy cream. And uh, I don't want anyone to um, sort of, you know, spend their new year in the restroom here at the Juicy Goss Lounge because we like to keep it classy. Um, We've got people in there spritzing things with lavender and patchouli and we really just don't want um yeah we don't want any of that so anyway thank you all for joining us here today can we Uh, we not do the patchouli (laughs) okay i don't like patchouli either i don't know why that came to my brain Uh, lavender and uh cinnabar is that a scent uh cinnabar is something is that maybe that's that might be a mineral let's see Cinnabar is the bright scarlet to brick red form of mercury sulfide. <laughs> yes, um, please watch out for the cream and also the cinnabar, which is inside of the Juicy Goss Lounge. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that adamantine referred to luster. Ah. Um. I guess whenever we're talking about minerals and things, uh, because the luster of cinnabar is, uh, quote, adamantine to dull. Uh, but if I look up the word adamantine, it just says unbreakable. Yeah. So I don't think that's all there is to it. I mean, that's really all that I took away from the X-Men and Wolverine um, was <laughs> was that. So, yeah. Um, but uh, but how are you doing uh, this fine February uh, 20? February 21st. It's almost, February is almost over. February is almost over. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the R is is very difficult in this month in that, you know, February. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I I don't write checks anymore, so I can't say, I'm still writing 2021 on my checks. But um, the other thing I've been paying attention to is how different people pronounce this month. Mm. Because I thought that I gave some i lent some credence to the r but it appears uh i've sort of been catching myself at the last second as i've said february and realizing that i just sort of dance over that r uh but i know some folks who very much like to to make sure that that's in there um anyway doing pretty well um here at the end of the month uh if i was back where I'm from in Missouri, I'd be shivering right now. But um, here in sunny Northern California, it's uh, well, it's sunny where I am at least. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not shivering, which part of me that part part of that makes me sad. But um, part of that is you know it's a new experience and uh, it's it's pretty good. So mm-hmm. yeah, what about you in sunny Southern California? Are you you're not in Gator Town anymore? Are you? Oh no, yeah, I'm in I'm in. Sunny Southern California. I will be back in Gator Town um, soon, uh, but uh, but not yet. But soon. But, uh, but soon. yeah, yeah. Here, here, the humidity is better. The uh, the what is it? The humidity outside right now is a fifty-two percent. 
Uh, oh. So it's it's very comfortable. Uh, not too dry. Not too gross. You know. <laughs> What's uh what's the part of Florida that you go to when you go to Florida? Uh, it, it, like what's the the temperature and everything like there? Well, when I was a kid, it was it was called Tampa. Uh but now that I'm an adult and apparently they won some sort of championships for two different like sports things, they call it Champa Bay. Um which is on uh That's awesome. shirts shirts you can buy at the the airport now. Um which uh and billboards too while you're driving around town. It's a it's pretty disturbing. Uh, yeah, I would say the humidity is typically high, uh, but it is the the biggest thing is just like how variable everything is because mm. it can swing wildly. Like when I was just there uh, a little while ago, it was uh, almost freezing at night. Um, I think it was 36 degrees. Uh, and then it was... Uh, 90 degrees one of the other days so it can just like wow it can just throw you a curveball um so uh pack accordingly for (laughs) anything between near freezing and boiling hot (laughs) (laughs) what a strange strange place is it Mm -hmm. as um retirement village as people make it out to be oh yeah um now it is slightly different you know how there's like microclimates here in California? Yes. And how you can travel like a short distance and the temperature will change wildly? Yes. Um, in Florida, there are like mi- micro demographics where okay, like okay. You, you can be in an area and you'll be like, this isn't so bad. And then you'll walk like 15 feet to the left and it'll be like, oh, this is a retirement village and this is terrible. And uh, I see a lot of uh, flags for a former president that I don't care for. Uh, but uh, you, you can uh, definitely have some uh, uneven experiences uh, depending on uh, where you are at in uh, the area, because it's not just the city of Tampa. There is the greater Tampa Bay area. Um, and uh, it gets Excuse me, Champa with the greater Champa Bay area. It, it gets worse. Uh, the further out you go from uh, Tampa uh, and from, I would say, downtown St. Petersburg, those are probably the only two uh, destinations where you could be like, I'll survive here for like some period of time without dying. Uh, but uh, as you go further and further away, it, it, it is uh, worse and worse and worse. And also kind of like a time machine in terms of um, the businesses and storefronts and uh, level of upkeep that you see for things and what is generally considered to be the style of the area. Uh, Because you're also getting like the more retirement as you go further out from the city centers too. Uh, So you get, you get greater and greater amounts of uh, people who are set in in some some certain ways and styles and things that are (laughs) not very super fashionable. Um, Even if they aren't like uh, burdened by disgusting politics, uh, so it it is a, a strange place to be. And you might like look at the sunset or uh, the beach and be like, wow, this is very picturesque. And then you'll see the people who are watching the sunset with you on the beach and you'll be like, oh, I'm I'm not surrounded by people that I would want to talk to uh, right, or be stranded right. on a desert island with. Like if the apocalypse happened right now and these were the people who I had to deal with, I would be in trouble. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it, it's just uh, it's one of those things. It's got its its ups and downs. and. Um, for the listeners who may not be aware, I, I travel there because my family is in that area, uh, not because I am super enjoying 
Champa Bay. Um, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I, I'm not a huge Bucks fan um, or a, a, a Tampa Bay Lightning fan. I go, go Bolts. What do they I do? Guess. Basketball? Uh, no, that's the hockey. Um, oh, you gotcha. see, cause, wait, there's hockey in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know how most of the time hockey's indoors, anyways. I do know. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, so they're able to do that. This is. But it, it must cost it a lot more to sort of keep those places cold. Uh, not when you keep your energy costs down with uh, a whole bunch of other things. Because uh, uh, this might sound a little strange to you. You might be like, oh, I, I, it's so warm. I bet people are trying to, uh, you know, not run the AC so much so they can save on their electrical bill. Nope. Wrong answer. Uh, <laughs> it, is, it is like a meat locker. Anytime you go into a store or a restaurant or uh, any any business that you that you enter even in someone's home and you'll just be like why is it so cold and then when you leave that establishment uh you will have condensation form on your glasses um because it is <laughs> there's no escape yeah it's just it'll be so humid outside and you'll be so cold from being so refrigerated from being inside that uh, condensation forms on you and you'll just feel immediately sticky uh so that's uh, sounds delightful <laughs> it's it's not a place that i'm going to recommend to anyone there are no travel brochures that i'm working on for it <laughs> no no uh timeshare investment opportunities oh that i'm God. going to pitch good good mm-hmm. well, so one of the things that i always wondered is like why did that become does, does anyone have any theories on why florida became such a retirement place is it because it's like eh, it's tropical enough and so people feel like retiring there gives them, uh, or is it like income tax is different there? What what sort of, do you know what historically has kind of like turned that into uh, a retirement destination for a certain demographic at least? Yeah, uh, well, both of the things you said are accurate. Uh, there's no state income tax. Um, there are really high property taxes and uh, fees Um and like every road is a toll road, basically. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, and it's all told by plate, so you're just monitored by the state uh, and and billed constantly. So wow, you know, just yeah, but you got your freedom, I guess. Um, depending on <laughs> depending on your point of view, uh, but they they uh, they have that going for them, and then they also have the fact that land was cheap because it was mostly a swamp, um, and uh, sandbars, and uh, it's full of alligators and uh, snakes and insects, and you like uh, palmetto bugs by any and chance? The occasional crocodile? Um, no, not 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 really, <laughs> but lots of those, <laughs> lots yeah. of those there, and um, and it's not actually the tropics; it is the subtropics, so it's swampy, um, and not like, uh super pretty but it likes to associate itself with the tropics so you'll see uh areas where they'll be like wow look it's it's like themed like hawaii or something it's just like you're at a resort somewhere and it's like yeah but this is actually really disgusting uh here so you know just you kind of just like put a theme uh, well that's another thing theme parks uh because that's why walt disney built his uh uh Walt Disney World complex and uh, empire there is because land was cheap uh, because it was swamp land uh, and they dredged it and then they made, you know, land out of muck. Um, and then they, that's a theme park now. Um, and so, you you know, that's just how the story of Florida uh, gross, icky swamps full of mosquitoes, dredge, dredge it up, make some land, sell it to somebody for cheap. And then they buy it, and then they build uh, their crappy stucco house on it, and then a hurricane <laughs> comes and knocks it down. Oh yeah. man! Mm-hmm. 
slash it washes away whenever the the swamp encroaches oh well also there's rising uh sea levels um as, as you know globally and uh a lot of florida is not super high above water sea level area things so um if you, you need a lot of people who sort of deny the the facts um mm. to to live there and say oh no that's not happening yeah um like uh yeah. miami especially uh miami beach uh there are parts of it i believe that are either at or below sea level and they have sewers and stuff and things that are under the ground and those utilities can flood depending on uh Ooh. weather conditions and so it's just you know uh i don't consider it an investment opportunity but i feel like the people who are you know partying in miami are not really thinking like long term long term yeah um so it, it is it is one of those things where it's just like yeah you know mixed bag but uh why do people move to missouri I don't know that people move to Missouri. I think they move out of Missouri. <laughs> but they had um, to get there somehow. <laughs> well, they see, what happened is that a long time ago, people settled in Missouri, and everyone who's there has always has always just been uh, from that original settlement stock. No, that's a good question. I think, um, again, there's a level of sort of uh, like-mindedness that folks can find, but I know some folks uh, moved to Missouri because of, um, in particular, uh, where I went to college, the uh, J School, the, the journalism school in Columbia, Missouri, is one of the best in the country. And so we got a lot of uh, imports from Texas, from um the surrounding states, uh, Texas especially, uh, folks came to the J School, and I think sometimes they end up settling in that area. Uh, Kansas City, Missouri, is also a pretty happening place. It's one of the um, one of the places where uh, there's there's a good startup scene, and I think that folks can they go to Kansas City, Missouri, realize they can buy a McMansion if they want to for the cost of like a studio apartment. And so suddenly, if you're sort of a family builder, I think uh, that provides the opportunity to settle down. And then I also think that there is um, overall a really good uh, sort of there are there are centers in the state where you can find folks who I think people think of it as sort of an all around you you. you pick a piece of hay out of your um, yard and put it in your mouth and, and sort of chew on it. That's not how it is. It's not the cow farmers and all that kind of stuff all throughout Missouri at all. Um, and between St. Louis on the east side of Missouri, Kansas City on the uh, west side of Missouri, and Springfield to a certain extent at the south of Missouri, there are different zones um, where you can find some pretty progressive folks. And uh, it, again, I, I lived in a three-bedroom detached home um, for a third of the price that I pay here in uh, California for a, a townhome attached on both sides to other folks. Other folks, excuse me. Uh, and I had a yard and all that kind of stuff. So. I imagine that that does play a role. So yeah, cheap land once again, but it's not marshy. Um, so I think the worst, the worst parts of Missouri are finding the areas where there is uh, lots of, of 
racism, bigotry, and all that kind of stuff. That's not great. Um, the humidity in the summer is pretty terrible. I don't think it's Florida terrible, but it is pretty terrible. And for folks who don't like snow, uh, snow is another thing because, uh, yeah, that definitely plays a role. And then I guess you typically have to like go to surrounding states or uh, way far away for music uh, festivals or concerts and things like that because um, not everybody makes a stop in Kansas City or St. Louis. Mm. So, yeah, I think those are the reasons why not. But why so? There, there are a few. There are uh, a few. Well, I got, a, I got another question for you because you were talking about like the different zones, microclimates, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was curious. Uh, there is, I feel like, some conflict over whether or not Missouri is the South or the Midwest. There is conflict for fools. Ooh. Um, the people who are not fools uh, know that Missouri is very firmly a Midwestern state. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the only people I know who identify as a Southerner who live in Missouri are... Actually, I don't know. I don't know anyone personally. But those folks tend to be from very Southern Missouri, where there's a particular... Uh, set of microclimates that are not microclimates I want to be a part of. Mm. Um, everybody sort of north of the boot heel um, would consider themselves on the whole. Like I, I'm sure we could dig up some some Missourian who lives in even Kansas City who's like, no, I'm a Southerner. But uh, for the most part, you're going to hear uh, Midwestern, um, which it's interesting because there are some folks who live further north. Let me, I'm, I'm trying to think. There, there have been a few times where I'm like, how do you consider yourself a Midwesterner? Because you are not, you're, you're so far north, it doesn't make sense. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, as a whole, I will welcome anyone who wants to consider themselves a Midwesterner. But I firmly, living in Kansas City, Missouri area, uh, which is in northwestern um, Missouri, is firmly a midwestern area and uh, everybody from there calls themselves part of the midwest at the you know the, the city county and state i think all have like different references to uh midwest and the newspapers in some places are called like the midwesterner um so yeah it's all definitely self-identified as uh as midwesterners and people that i know from missouri so often have that Midwesterner vibe. Um, whereas folks from like the Chicago area sometimes do not have that Midwesterner vibe and definitely don't have that, that warmth and that there's just a certain aura, if you will, to a Midwesterner that I I don't see in some places that identify as Midwestern, um, who, who, yeah, who claim to be. Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, Looking at the map, uh, as as one does when discussing Missouri, and <laughs> I was looking at the you know the funky little part of the state uh, where it dips down below Arkansas in one spot, the Boot Heel. I guess is that what that's called? That's the Boot Heel. That's the Boot Heel. Okay, so down. Uh, so since that's further south than Arkansas, which I consider to be the south, is that part southern or is that part? That's that's the part that I'm talking about, yeah, where okay. people there probably are going to call themselves. Uh, Midwesterner, I mean Southerners, yeah, um, or like Joplin. Ah, um. uh, yeah. See, the, but here's the thing: is that Joplin is kind of a um, 
kind of an outlier mm-hmm. because Joplin is close enough to um, to the college town um, that it ends up kind of, let me see, it ends up that a lot of people there have uh, moved from Springfield, Missouri, mm. uh, which is the uh, city that has a uh, university in it. And so Joplin is has a, a good group of progressive folks mm-hmm. um, that, that kind of makes a difference there. But uh, overall, yeah, and, and folks may even know about Joplin, um, recognize Joplin, given the fact that it was so uh, covered whenever there was the huge, huge um, tornado that took out like all of Joplin. Mm-hmm. They're in the whole process of rebuilding there uh, entirely. I'm trying to see, because now I'm looking at a map. So the you can see, a, probably on your map too, the middle of the state, the like complete middle of the state. You've got Jefferson City, which is the capital of um, of Missouri, and it is also the meth capital. Uh, that, that, I, you, Jefferson's not named after a certain confederate. But, uh, I think it's probably Thomas Jefferson. Oh, okay. Just checking. Um, yeah, and you drive in and out of Jefferson City as quickly as you can because it's just <laughs> not... <laughs> I mean, you. So I, I should be clear. You go to the Capitol building if you want to and get a, give a quick look, but it's no fun to really spend time in Jefferson City because, yeah, it is just rampant uh, methamphetamine abuse and um, what are the pills that uh, oxycotton? Yeah, yeah, oxy abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, but above Jefferson City is Columbia. That is where I went to school, the University of Missouri's journalism school. Uh, Columbia is a great place. Uh, and the surrounding area, too, is also pretty awesome, uh, full of of uh, cool, smart um, folks and lots of little businesses and, and uh, stuff. To the east, you'll see St. Louis and St. Charles. Mm-hmm. St. Charles is like um, where the get out people live, the white get out people live. Oh. Um, it's very Catholic mm. and very um, sort of surface level uh progressivism but Mm. underneath is that sort of get out vibe um same with o'fallon and saint charles are right in that area but saint louis itself of course is a whole different story um and saint louis itself is kind of a its own thing because there's what they call east saint louis versus saint louis and east saint louis is its own area uh versus saint louis as a whole but that whole area is pretty progressive um and so East St. Louis is the part that's across the Mississippi River in Illinois. That is, that is, I think, how that works. Okay. I honestly, I haven't spent a lot of time in St. Louis. It's one of uh, one of the places I've spent the least amount of time in. Mm-hmm. Um, in did the you state. have the toasted ravioli? <laughs> I didn't have any toasted ravioli. Um, while I was, because I've I've gone there to visit friends and um, gone to a few bars in the area, uh, like in dance clubs. I mean, mm-hmm. um, but that was in uh, the gay part, of, or the, I should say, the queer part of of St. Louis. Um, sort of like, um, God, why can't I think of what it's called in San Francisco? Uh, the Castro. Yeah, the Castro. It's like the Castro, but in St. Louis. And I wish I could remember the name. Um, But that's most of the place where I've spent in St. Louis itself. Now, on the left, on the west side of of Missouri, you'll see Kansas City pretty big and Mm -hmm. St. Joseph, which is north of Kansas City. Mm -hmm. St. Joseph is my hometown. That's where I uh, was born. Well, I was born in an ambulance on the highway on the way into St. Joseph. Um, 
But yeah, St. Joseph is my hometown. Is that I-229 by any chance? or uh... I-29, yeah. Um, oh, I-29, I- okay. Yeah. Uh, so that was that was a whole thing. I think I was, if I'm remembering correctly, we would have been coming from Andrew County, which is just north mm-hmm. of... Um, of of St. Joseph into Buchanan County. Uh, but I was across the line, definitely born in St. Joseph. Uh, St. Joseph, I thought, was a lot more progressive because I lived in that town. But getting out of that town came to realize, heavens no, it was not. Um, and it is basically run by a very rich family who owns the newspaper. Mm. And they are... Oh, I don't don't want to get in trouble for defamation here. Let's just say they have some non-progressive attitudes about things and um, kind of that that, that just sort of blankets the town. And it's kind of creepy and gross. Um, But Kansas City and Independence and Liberty, that area, uh, Jackson County, is an awesome place full of um, really cool people, really cool happenings, lots of fun stuff. And then south, let's go all the way down south till we get to Greene County, which is where Springfield is. That is where I lived um, before I moved to California. Uh, Springfield is home to, as I said, another university. Um, And they have the coolest... um, the, the the queer club in Springfield was called Martha's Vineyard and their drag scene. What I loved about it is that like all of the drag queens were very tight knit. It was a really tight knit community. And now two of the drag queens who I used to go see on the weekends and, you know, with, with friends and stuff, two of those drag queens have now been, and I don't watch the show, but I'm really happy for them, have gone on to that RuPaul's Drag Race show. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really cool to see, like, people representing uh, the, the place where I'm, you know, from. And also that, like, I actually got to see them uh, perform several times before I, I left Missouri. So, yeah, like I said, there's kind of the middle of Missouri because of Kansas City on the left, Jefferson or Columbia in the middle and St. Louis on the right. All throughout there, there's a lot of um, progressive uh, sort of progressive belt mm-hmm. um, with a few counties thrown in that aren't, you know, super great. Um, and then Southern Missouri, as long as you stay in the bottom left of the <laughs> in the southwest of Missouri, it's pretty good. Um, honestly, the southeast is so, or yeah, yeah. Southeast is not a place that I would want to want to spend too much time because uh it's a whole different area there. That is the area where you've got people who sort of live in the hills and uh, make moonshine. And, and I'm, not, um, I'm not stereotyping when I say that. Mm. Uh, Cape Girardeau, not a place I would ever want to go. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, no tourism brochure for Cape Girardeau either. All right. But uh, <laughs> yes. I one final Missouri question. Okay. Which is better, Kansas City kansas or kansas city missouri (laughs) kansas city missouri is so much better kansas city kansas you go into that and it's like wait what the heck just happened where are all of the skyscrapers where is all of the like the the electronics what's what's going on why is the 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 
why are the districts missing now? Because Kansas City, Missouri is like New York City in the sense that you've got those different boroughs. Um, they they call them districts in, in Kansas City, Missouri, and you've got like the Power and Light District. And uh, that's one I always remember and I always forget the other ones. But there are like four different areas, four or five different areas in Kansas City, Missouri. But then you drive a little bit further west and suddenly you're, you're in Kansas City, Kansas, and you're like, okay, all we have here are roundabouts, um, stop stop signs where they are doing flashing red lights instead of stop signs, um, very confusing lane interchanges, and uh, just a bunch of flat land. Kansas City, Kansas is boring. It's um, a, a shadow of what Kansas City, Missouri is. And uh, the only thing it had going for it was Google bringing Google Fiber to Kansas City, Kansas before they brought it to other places. So yeah, Kansas City, Missouri is a thousand times better because it's so much more interesting and exciting and uh, has lots to do. Yeah, I mean, it must be pretty tough, though, if you live on State Line Road or just off of it and be like, wow, they got all the cool stuff over there. And uh, yeah, I, I can't exactly. cross it. <laughs> Although I imagine that the prices in Kansas City, Kansas are a little bit better than the prices in Kansas City, Missouri. So, you know, you could just buy your house in Kansas City, Kansas, and then just drive a couple miles over into Kansas City, Missouri and, you know, have your fun and then go back home at the end of the night, which is which is a good idea or which is uh, uh, potentially a money saving option. Mm-hmm. OK, yeah, well, that's good to know. Uh, I, I have no plans on going to. That's either, either place but uh <laughs> it's a uh, you know it's 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 good to to know that uh, oh but uh barbecue um the, oh boy the part that has the good barbecue is mm-hmm. in the missouri side correct yes kansas okay. city missouri once again is uh is the barbecue place uh some would argue independence has better barbecue than kansas city uh but i i would say kansas city is is the place um yeah Incredible barbecue. Uh, Gates is in Kansas City and uh, Gates Barbecue. I remember going there as a kid and it's one of those places where you have to know what you want and you have to say it right and you have to say it as quickly as possible or else you'll get a lot of um, crap for Hmm. not being quick enough. So I let my dad order for me when I was younger. Is that the famous Burnt Ends place or is that a different? I believe that might be. Um, hmm. I, I I don't know. Let's see. Gates BBQ uh, burnt ends. I know they all have burnt ends now. But whether it's the place, yeah, yeah, but I, yeah. I can't remember which one started the burnt NPR. Ends. NPR says at Gates Barbecue, the ultimate flavor lies in burnt ends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, that's this is funny. Uh, to some people, burnt ends would be forgive this phrase, but ugly. <laughs> But not, um, yeah, I remember actually getting burnt ends from, uh, from, from Gates for sure. And going in there and it smells so good. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, Gates, I remember Gates fondly for sure. Yeah. I've, I've never been to any of the like barbecue capitals of the South basic or Midwest. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, uh, you know, I've had barbecue that was prepared in the style of a region you know mm, whether mm-hmm. or not it is 100 percent that way you know i can't say but i was never super fond of texas because i'm not big on barbecue uh, beef as much as i like barbecue pork but mm-hmm. i like the s- s- 
sauces basically that they kind of like lacquer on in kansas city i guess um yeah that's kind of one of yeah so i think it doesn't texas also have a pretty dry um process yeah i think it's dry rub um and then you know you got the carolinas with like the vinegar and mustard and stuff and uh it then whatever the heck alabama white sauce is just like mayonnaise and cracked pepper um but uh, the worst barbecue, cracked I'm, pepper aioli. <laughs> the worst barbecue, I'm going to say hands down, is Santa Maria barbecue, uh, which is our our local. Where is Santa Maria? Uh, Cal- California. It's our local oh. uh, California barbecue style. It is awful. <laughs> I hate it. What is it? Uh, it Chicken. Is, it is. Uh, it can be. I mean, places will serve all kinds of proteins, but uh, usually you're going to see tri-tip, um, sirloin tri-tip, um, and it's dry and sad. And the beans that you get with it are not really good. And everything is just like if you imagine barbecue, but then we're just disappointed. Um, oh, yeah. It, it, it is not a it is not something that uh, really uh, I, I love. Um, I'd much rather have uh, another regional style of barbecue than than Santa Maria. Um, yeah. Barbecue to me is like because of Kansas City. Uh, it's it's a saucy thing. And you get. Mm-hmm. You get this, uh, yeah, this sort of delicious, and I realize there's a certain Southern quality to that because Southerners love to just add sugar to things to make it better. So the, like the, you know, the pro, the whole thing about sweet tea being super sweet, but there are two types that, that um, Kansas City does where one is more of a hickory smoke and a very smoky smoky flavor that's cut with vinegar and then the other one would be the sweet kind that is then again cut with vinegar Mm -hmm. um but i yeah i like the the meat to be saucy uh and i like sweet coleslaw over vinegar coleslaw um i'm not a big fan of the vinegar coleslaw yeah i gotta say i prefer uh you know, and when we say sweet coleslaw, we're talking about the mayonnaise kind of yeah, ma- yeah, the mayonnaise yeah, coleslaw. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I prefer I prefer that as well. Um, uh, but you know, there's just room for everybody to have their own opinions on things. Because I also exactly I like a I like pulled pork uh sandwiches. Basically, this is my my go to if I'm at a barbecue barbecue place, which a lot of people would just like turn up their noses at because. That's not, uh, you know, you got to get the ribs, uh, you got to get the uh, brisket if you're getting Texas, you got to, you know, do all that stuff. And it's just like, yeah, but at the end of the day, I'd just rather have the pulled pork uh, and some barbecue sauce on it. I'm, I'm just simple like that, I guess. But uh, that's what happens when you grow up in Tampa, Florida, and there's no, like, infamous regional style of barbecue, I guess. I think pulled pork is great. Um, I don't, I don't eat a whole lot of barbecue these days, but... Yeah, pulled pork is really good. So I, I didn't know that there was a stigma against pulled pork. That's goofy. Well, I don't know. I, it seems like there's a stigma. If you ever watch like any of those like a uh, barbecue, like uh, not like I, I'm not going to say documentary, but like the um, the the filler content that they have on the mm-hmm. Food Network uh, or cooking channel, uh, it, it'll just be like, yeah, so this is this kind of barbecue and it's, you know, served this way and you got to do it this way and uh, these are the things for the rub and like the no, no sauce goes on this. Uh, you gotta just have it without sauce. It's, it's blah, 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 blah. And it's just like, uh, okay. Yeah. I, th- I think not. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, but, uh, you know, to each their own. Yeah. Yeah. Charisse their own. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, thinking about 
stuff. Oh, I, I was trying to pivot this to technology at some point. <laughs> I was just like, how do I do that from how barbecue? Do you, how do we go that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, here's here's the hard pivot that the the no one really wanted, let alone me, and that is. <laughs> Let's talk about technology. Technology? What's going <laughs> on? Well, we think there could be an Apple event um, in March uh, where there will be the announcement of new Macs, potentially an iPhone SE and an iPad uh, with wireless charging. Um, the only thing I'm excited about for this event is uh, the potential for a new Mac Mini um, because I'm finally going to... A, get to try Apple Silicon, but B, um, switch my main computer to a desktop computer for the first time in years. Um, I'm typically a laptop kind of guy, uh, but I really, really, really like the idea of using a Mac Mini and also because I almost never move my laptop from where it is. Um, I do use the display on it, so that's the one thing is I'll be going from uh, four displays I have right now because I use my iPad Air as a um, display with the Mac's built-in technology to do that uh, when I'm doing shows. When I'm not doing shows uh, where I'm on camera, then I don't need to use that. So it's just kind of, it floats above, it's on the special arm that floats above my MacBook Pro. So right in front of me, if I look directly ahead, there's a webcam up top. And then right below that is the iPad Air. And then right below that is my Mac that sits kind of raised on my desk with the screen open. Um, On the left side of me is a Dell monitor. And on the right side of me is a Dell monitor. As we're recording the show, three of the displays are active, the two Dell monitors and my MacBook Pro uh, display. Not currently using the MacBook Pro display. There's nothing on it except for a honeybee, uh, because that's the wallpaper. But When I do my shows for Twit, especially, I do use all four screens because the screen that is the iPad Air that sits directly below the webcam is where I have uh, the ad copy and anything that I need to see, like the Zoom window so that I can see how I look on camera and how the other person is, you know, what's going on there. Um, So I am a little worried about losing one display by switching to the Mac Mini, but having a... And sort of always on, always plugged in, always ready to go. Um, and the this kind of goes into depth a little bit, but I have had some issues in the past because a Mac, because a laptop is a laptop, um, and power saving is important to it. It will sometimes, you know, put to sleep the different ports and uh, sort of not provide the amount of power that you might want for different devices. So I've had audio interfaces attached to it that end up um, losing connection while the MacBook Pro is asleep, even though it's plugged in, uh, losing connection. And then when I go to turn it back on, I have to power cycle the audio interface because it's lost its connection. But with a computer that's always plugged in and doesn't run on battery, you don't have those issues uh, as often where you're going to have to like power cycle things. And I, I, I know it's just simply turning on and off a switch, but in the ideal world that I want to live in, I don't need to power cycle something. It just works uh, when I'm ready to use it. So looking forward to that. Also looking forward to having, um, a, again, an Apple Silicon machine uh, after, you know, being on Intel for, for so long. Um, so I'm okay making the sacrifice of one screen, which you know, uh, as far as it goes, I will probably end up replacing at some point anyway. Uh, 
some somehow some way so yeah i hope that apple does announce um a mac mini at this event that's coming up uh because that's what i've got my eyeballs on for sure uh any upgrades in your future yeah i didn't buy i don't have any plans to buy anything uh really out of this event but i have been doing some ancillary accessory things recently um so i've bought a new keyboard um i got a keychron uh c1 which is the wired one um and and not not like buy wired the magazine like it has a wire uh and then (laughs) oh gotcha thank you for that clarification then uh there's a uh, similar to you, I started using my old iPad uh, Pro. That's the, I don't know, first generation of the iPad Pro that had the, uh, still had the button, uh, mm-hmm. your Touch ID, uh, and the bad pen, uh, bad pencil. Yes, the bad pencil, yeah. Uh, this is, the pencil's so bad. Um, and I've been, I've set that up uh, to the side as basically a Slack monitor now. Nice. Um, because I got a uh, cheap as dirt MDF uh, riser to put my monitor on. So now I was able to rearrange my desk a little. And so I don't use my display on my uh, laptop. Um, there are quirky reasons for that because I use a desktop sharing software thing. And mm-hmm. it, uh, it, I don't want to change the settings on it for when I need to use it as a laptop to access my work and do work on it. Right, that makes sense, yeah. But at the same time, the density of text on the screen is not what I would like it to be if I were to set it up next to my monitor or to the side, uh, as I am doing with this iPad. Um, so instead, what I'm doing is I'm running basically the little iPad as sort of like an appliance almost, where I can just drag Windows onto it full screen, and you know it could be Slack or uh, the music app or messages or something. But then I, I've since I've only done this recently, I keep running into the issue where I keep trying to tap things on it um, with my oh, finger. Yes, yes, yeah. I've had that too. Yep. And it's just like, oh no, you can't do that because this isn't <laughs> this is too complicated for too complicated for this software to handle touch inputs. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's you know it's doing its thing, and then it has like that weird touch bar pseudo touch bar thing at the bottom of the screen with the ipad oh yeah i have that turned off i oh i need to turn it off because it doesn't actually work um i can't tap on it to pick any of the oh no uh, uh, emoji that it selects um and i can't use the like music player controls that come on there uh when the music (laughs) app is up yeah i don't know what's going on with it um and uh it's it's frustrating and when i try to use the bad pencil uh, to tap on anything on the screen because it'll act as a mouse cursor if you do that. Uh, not your finger, but the <laughs> awful pencil. Um, every time I try to do that, it tr- tries to drag things. And so I, I like, will, it'll try to like drag a channel in Slack. And I'll be like, no, that's not what I wanted to do at all. Uh, so I just use my mouse and keyboard. And now someone might say, well, why don't you just set up your iPad to the side to just be logged into these applications or logged into music? And it's because... I want the audio routed through my computer and I don't want to do it over airplay. And I also want uh, my keyboard that I'm typing on um, to be able to type on the iPad because I don't want to type on the iPad screen or have a separate keyboard on the desktop. That's stupid. Um, So I would just much rather do that. And it works okay. But I also need to remember, like you said, there's some things in terms of like order of operations for how things are connected to your computer that, uh, 
are not great um, because I have everything hooked into this uh, Anchor uh, Thunderbolt hub. Um, and because uh, remember, we talked about like the, the CalDigit uh, doesn't mm-hmm. have an HDMI and I needed an HDMI. Um, although I think the new one has the display port spec that works with HDR um, instead of the old CalDigit one. But I'm oh, good. not, not going to invest in a new. Uh, right, because you're already covered. Yeah. yeah, I've got everything I need. Um, this this little space heater is just doing fine. Uh, but the the thing is that I can't I can't connect my external display before I sign into my work software because then it tries to it thinks that there's another weird display size to try to like make a monitor for and it freaks out and doesn't work right. Um, so I have to connect to my work desktop software. And then I have to connect the iPad and then I have to <laughs> use the iPad and then I have to disconnect the iPad when I go to power down everything at night. And it's just like, why is this so weird? Um, I don't understand. Uh, it's just sort of like a, it behaves odd. It, it's sort of like an odd behavior of like how you have to do that kind of stuff. But, you uh-huh. know, it's the same sort of problems I have with if I restart my or if I restart on purpose or uh, restart because of a power outage or something, uh, the MacBook will um connect the wrong speaker it will, will assume the wrong speaker input uh for the audio oh lord yeah it it makes me upset uh when it does that i don't know why it does that um and it'll just like pick random things and it'll be like what well, could you could you not uh do that that'd be great uh and uh, it also does annoying things in terms of uh the uh screen turning on and off um not to the point where uh, our our mutual friend austin uh you may want to check with him because he has a mac mini and when his computer tur- when he turns on his computer in the morning all of his windows have shifted around at night because weird yeah apparently Why? uh if notifications come in when the computer is asleep or power napping or whatever um the it won't immediately connect to his display fast enough or something where it oh. kind of makes like a, a different resolution size thing and it shifts all the the windows around. Um, so I have a weird thing where That's if so I goofy. if I open Slack before I connect my iPad, then it puts it on my monitor and then I have to try to drag this full screen thing from my monitor back onto my iPad. And it and doesn't want to resize it. Yeah. And it, that's cumbersome. So you just kind of have to remember to do everything like thing in a specific order uh and it it bothers me and i wish everything was a little more streamlined in that regard but uh but that's the least of my concerns because my other accessory that i had to buy um did not want to buy but had to buy uh was my uh beats flex because my beats x died and they no longer make them and they replaced them with the beats flex model which looks Mm -hmm. nearly identical um but it has a couple of things that are different about it. It no longer has the controller in the wire um, oh, on no. the side. It has the controller on the like pod. There's like these two pods that the previous Beats X has and uh, the Beats Flex have. Um, and those controller buttons are now resting on your collarbone, basically, instead of hanging in front of your... Uh, sort of like in between your jaw and your collarbone uh-huh. um like if you were wearing like other kinds of earbuds or headphones where the controller usually dangles uh and so it's a little it takes some getting used to to do that um but the but the real issue is that they switched uh the lightning um 
charger for USB C. And I don't have a USB C charger that I don't use for, for something else. Right? Something else. And yeah. so th- they give you in the box a USB C cable um, that is, uh, I believe it's six inches if you measure the metal tip to the other metal tip of the <laughs> thing. Um, so I was just like, well, what do I do? Because I need to charge it. And I have a, like a uh, an iPad wall charger because uh-huh. it's USB C on that side, but it goes to Lightning, so it's not you can't use the cable. But I could plug in this six inch this six inch cable into the wall charger, and then I just have my headphones dangling from the wall onto the floor uh, because it's not long enough to reach any sort of tabletop or surface, even oh my God. even a table that was right next to it. I could I couldn't put it on top of without it sliding off uh, because the cable was pulling so hard on the headphones that they wouldn't stay on the surface. It just, it, it's silly. Um, now I know this is only a temporary problem, but the fact that they even shipped this is like such an F you, uh, yep. I don't, I don't know why you would do that. I know that the appeal of the beats platform is primarily, uh, for people who are on Android, uh, and that they generally have USB C uh, in greater quantities than uh, Apple does because we all have lightning stuff. Uh, but it is silly, uh, to say the least, to have to deal with that sort of thing. Although I'm grateful it's not like uh, micro USB or anything. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's not, yeah, super old school because I can't remember. The, I bought an accessory somewhat recently and it was micro usb and i thought um what year is this yeah oh well, i mean that's basically the the story with all like the amazon stuff it's just like i'm sorry what century are we in <laughs> yeah i i mean that might have been what it was it was some amazon thing yeah like, and uh i i would like to you know it, it's one of those things where it's just like in an ideal world everything would be USB-C, mm-hmm. but because there's like a mix of products that i have that it's just not the case but you know because of the hub it makes it a little less annoying than it was when i didn't have uh that because now i can just throw anything at it and it'll work i still have plenty of ports for everything um and because the new keychron keyboard is USB-C, it actually freed up one of the USB-A uh ports on the back oh nice yeah so uh i've, I've got uh, i've got so many ports that i can do all kinds of amazing things with that this reminds me um because it, it's actually not peripheral related, but it's Joe related because Joe talks about um, TV stuff all the time. Um, I have a gripe. <clears throat> mm. Sebastian and I, and for folks who don't know, might not be long-time listeners, Sebastian's my partner. Sebastian and I were watching um, the incredible, amazing, and wonderful um, Australian version of Survivor, Australian Survivor. Um, weird that it's called that. No. So this, like we have, we started watching the show because it came onto Paramount plus about a month ago and he had mentioned it to me in passing. He's like, I keep seeing it on Twitter. We should watch it. And finally we got around to watching it and we <laughs> watched like three seasons in a weekend, Whoa. which is ridiculous because it was just so good. Uh, so interesting. And, and the, there was, it was a lot of fun. Um, really good uh, characters, uh, folks in the show. Um, anyway, so we're watching Australian Survivor, and it's on Paramount+. Plus. And um, it's interesting, kind of the history of Australian Survivor itself. Um, the first season that we watched was technically the third season of the show. They had a, a first season, 
and it was on one because Australia is a little bit like um, the a little bit like England in the way that its programming works, where you've got like a government body that does it. Uh, it's a little bit like that, not quite, but anyway. Um, they did season one of Australian Survivor a long time ago, and it was awful. Uh, apparently, I don't. I don't even know if you can find it anywhere. Anyway, um, it did not do well, and the network that picked it up uh, dropped it after that first season. Then they decided to try again by doing a celebrity version of Australian Survivor for season two. Um, that also flopped and was picked. It had been you know picked up by one another network and then was dropped. Then the third season of Australian Survivor, which I considered the first season of Australian Survivor because it was all redone. Uh, it had Jonathan LaPaglia as the host, and it was um, really, really well done. Uh, CBS Interactive ended up buying it. And uh, the I think actually they, they didn't just uh, acquire the show. They acquired the network <laughs> that had uh, run the show. Okay, so in Australia, CBS owns this network, and so they were able to bring it to the U.S. via Paramount+. Plus. Um, and so we were watching, we were in season three, which is, or no, sorry, season five, which I consider season three because the first two seasons don't count. Um, so however you want to look at that, it doesn't matter. Anyway, we were uh, like halfway through the second episode of season five or season three. And, um, it was Valentine's day and halfway through the episode, it's eight. It, it turns, was it eight o'clock PM or it was either 6 PM or eight o'clock PM, but it was 6 PM or eight o'clock PM on the dot. All of a sudden, um, as we're in the middle of the episode, the, uh, Apple TV like stops playing the the show the episode and then says uh cannot play this episode okay this happens sometimes um typically what i'll do is i'll head to the settings menu i'll restart the apple tv because it just needs to reconnect to wi-fi and get it going i go back into paramount plus try again it's not working then i look at the clock and i realize that it is just it's like 602 or 802 at this point and i'm like oh my god this was just like at a specific time and so i turned to sebastian and i said i i'm i gotta tell you something i'm really kind of worried this uh it stopped working right at this specific time and i'm starting to wonder if it's not available on here anymore and he's you know oh no because things are getting really good and we're in the middle of an episode so um oh and, and it's also it's an all-star season so it's like folks from earlier seasons that we really liked who were back and so we were all very invested we were both very invested so i um try pulling it up uh, I do the universal search feature and it shows up in Paramount Plus and also on uh, Amazon Prime, but it's Amazon Prime channels by way of Paramount Plus. Yes. So there are three different ways that I try to find it. I go to uh, the way that we've been doing it, which is Apple TV channels where you use the Apple TV app and you can subscribe to different services, including Paramount Plus. That's how I, we were watching it. So it was no longer there. So then I went to I, I backed out of the Apple TV app. I went to Paramount Plus, the app itself, logged in. It was showing up there, but when I tapped on an episode, it wouldn't play it. And then I went to Amazon um, Prime Video and found it there. 
and there was not even a play option. It just said, this video is not available. This video is unavailable. Mm-hmm. This video is unavailable. By that point, I'm like, okay, I'm going to look on Twitter. I start looking on Twitter and there are so many people going, what the heck? I only subscribed to Paramount Plus to watch um, Australian Survivor. We were in the middle of an episode. We were in the middle of the season. We were, like People were upset. And so I'm like, great. That's exactly what it is. There's something going on. So someone um, got in touch with somebody at Paramount Plus CBS Interactive who said that they had lost the rights, which makes no sense because they own the network. Um, and then someone else who said that they definitely do have the rights because they own the network. So it's just something that's wrong with the system and they're working on it. So over the course of the next couple of uh, days, I check in every once in a while to see what's going on. At times, some of the episodes reappear and then disappear, but they won't play in many cases. There, mm. I could get a couple of episodes to play for some reason. At one point, a whole season that wasn't the season we were currently on, but the, the season following was available and I could actually tap to download the episode um, and it would save it for 24 hours. But I was not focused on that season. I was focused on the season that we were on. So it, you know, it didn't matter to me at that point. And then those ended up disappearing too. So, um, finally, I, uh, you know, was checking Twitter again and everything. And it seemed to be that they, while they have, they own the network and all that kind of stuff. What, what they lost was the ability to stream it outside of Australia. So Paramount Plus in Australia streams Australian Survivor. And then uh, 10 Play, which is the uh, network 10 in Australia, can play Australian Survivor if you're in Australia. But other uh, countries no longer have the rights. But what annoyed me the most was the way that Paramount Plus was handling things because they were doing it with some kind of gaslighty behavior. The way, so people, you know, sending those complaints and the way they responded was as if it never existed uh, to watch in America. And so it was almost like that. We have no idea what you're talking about. uh, Australian Survivor is available to stream in Australia, but nowhere else. They weren't acknowledging the fact that for a month it was available and it suddenly wasn't available. They weren't acknowledging people's um, anger. They were just saying, if you're in Australia, you can watch it. (laughs) And it's like, right, we know that. But it was just available. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, uh, I won't go into detail. but let's just say uh, Sebastian and I took a, a trip to a trip, took a trip to Australia. <laughs> wow! Um, <laughs> so that we could uh, continue to watch the show. Uh, but that's just not the way that I want to handle things. Like I was yeah. paying Paramount Plus for this, and what bothered me, like I get it. Ultimately, it's a black and white situation. You lose the rights at a specific time, and so then that has to go away. But I think two things: one, tell your customers warn them that you know this show is going to disappear at the end of the month or whatever they've done that like netflix has done that before i've Mm -hmm. seen i think i've even seen prime do that before Mm -hmm. uh you know watch these shows before they're gone and two work it in so that if someone's in the middle of a beep boop beep episode that they can at least finish the beep episode I would like to at least have been able to finish the episode that we were watching, not literally stop it halfway through and say, you can't watch this anymore. Surprise. So that was very frustrating to me. And then to have it kind of disappearing and reappearing in the database over the course of the next few days made it even more confusing and, you know, kind of kept my hopes up before we had to get those very expensive plane tickets to Australia (laughs) so we could watch it in other ways. Uh, Ah, yeah. 
did you uh did you go uh throw a shrimp on the barbie and and all that <laughs> we threw several shrimps on several bobbies mm-hmm. um and uh what else they they say 100% there a lot like it, it it's an affirmation term mm-hmm. uh are you going to do that 100% 100% 100% uh so we if we made a drinking Sebastian and I talked about this too. if we made a drinking game out of Australian survivor we would be plastered by the end of the episode because they just have so many kind of typical quips that they go go to over and over again and mm-hmm. 100% is one of the most common ones but anyway this this will entertain our our one Australian listener <laughs> but, uh, yeah exactly yeah, uh, and maybe survivor if we've got survivor fans out there they they'll understand yeah. why it was it so doesn't important. it doesn't surprise me though um especially paramount plus i mean jesus what a what a um what a joke yeah i mean it's just like you know they're just total rookies um they don't they Didn't don't they mishandle have, the star trek uh stuff too yeah this is exactly what it's going to talk about is like they don't have any sort of uh communication from the people who cut the deals for the channel the people who have to make the application and the people who um have to uh populate the data and uh also customer service so like all these people are just like completely different worlds they don't they don't know what's going on and showrunners for that matter like if you had sent a message i'm sure someone who was watching it internationally sent a message to us the uh people who produce the show in australia and were like hey what happened to the show because you know they don't know because they don't deal yeah, with Jonathan that. Yeah, Jonathan LaPaglia, the host, was getting hit up a whole bunch, and he had no idea what was going on. Yeah, and so it is one of those things where uh, they don't communicate with anyone. Not just the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing. None of the fingers or digits <laughs> on this on the hands, none of the toes, no, no, like ears. No, no one has... None of these body parts are communicating at all. Um, so, like, infamously, last November... Um, it was like three or four days before uh, Star Trek Discovery was supposed to start its fourth season. And they had been doing an international uh, press kit rollout where they sent the crew, uh, the cast and crew of uh, Star Trek Discovery to London and I forget some some other like places in Europe uh, to talk up the show uh, before the premiere. And then no one could watch it internationally uh, because <sighs> so stupid. they they bought back the rights the international rights but they weren't ready to launch internationally with paramount plus so instead they had to have this whole thing where the paramount plus uh uh, like corporate accounts or whatever spewing out the stuff about oh you'll be able to watch it when paramount plus becomes available in your market in 2022 uh, and people were just like, well, what the F? Like, I want to buy my plane ticket to America, similar, similarly to what you did to solve your problem. Um, like, I, I, like, this is ridiculous. Like, it was on Netflix. It was easy for us to do. And now it's not going to be on Netflix. And it just happened in a matter of three days before the premiere. Like, the fact that that occurred really soured a lot of people quickly. And they had no foresight to understand this and they had no backup plan they had no i no clue really like as as a company what to do about it and the people making the show are i assume um furious from the uh sort of ways that people the stars were talking about stuff on on social media is like it doesn't seem not only is it wasn't not well coordinated it wasn't coordinated at all and that it could have easily been mitigated as mm-hmm. they did in this situation because they ended up making a uh, 
uh, they ended up providing Star Trek Discovery on Pluto, um, which is their uh, sort of like fake linear TV um, experience where they provide a, a channel thing. Um, and so they were going to do that for the international audience so that they could do that until Paramount Plus was available in their area. And that no one had the foresight to coordinate this prior to cutting this deal is mind-boggling for what is inarguably one of the biggest properties that they have on their right. exclusive streaming service because it isn't even a terrestrial uh broadcast situation the only place that they broadcast it terrestrially is in canada um on what is it space or whatever they call it uh and then the rest of the world including in north america uh inclu- i'm sorry including in the united states it is broadcast uh, only on well, broadcast it is streamed exclusively through paramount plus so it is just such a huge mistake uh i can't even i can't even express how annoyed i am because you you, they just shot themselves in the foot over that they shoot themselves in the foot regularly over that thing that you just experienced and then they also leave everyone who would potentially be customers just high and dry because they they don't uh have any way they're not addressing any of it no and and with your situation it's not like they had enough of a momentum to like oh we're sorry we'll make a pluto channel or something like they didn't do that right they, yeah the sh- there weren't enough even though it looks like there were so many people yeah it doesn't yeah. compare at all to uh to star trek right but, but at the same time it was already something that was on paramount plus here in north america so then the question becomes why wh- who's bought the rights to this yeah like, who bought the rights and only for a month and then didn't tell anyone about it like what happened there i and, assume and they don't say anything <laughs> i assume what happened is no one bought the rights that they had a contract that expired and then they didn't realize that the contract expired in a similar oh way to like websites have uh security certificates that expire and like no one thought to renew them um oh wow you know because yeah. like yeah. those contracts have dates in them they're not just infinite until you know some unknown point in the future so if you write a contract that says we'll broadcast this until such and such a date and then someone enters that into the database and says okay well, this program's yeah. going to be removed from this channel uh, or from the service at this time in this market like if you do that and then no one follows it up on making the the contract to pay people for the renewal because another thing about old media companies is like they're so part of the reason why none of them know what each other is doing is because they're also so fragmented in terms of they all have separate profit and loss. So a company will need to buy something from itself uh, and pay. <laughs> so stupid. It, it, it is ridiculous. But that whole thing is because they are, there's like an earnings structure uh-huh. based on like what you're, your little thing is doing what you what you guys have achieved this year or this quarter and that involves you know buying and selling things and sometimes those are programs that are from another distributor but increasingly it's from you know the studio to itself um it's not quite as ridiculous as it used to be like in the 90s and 80s and stuff where like you know uh Warner Brothers would make something for CBS and then, you know, the WB would have something from Fox Entertainment. Like, you know, that's like how they would handle that sort of situation in the past. But now with these like international rights uh, of buying things from yourself, like someone in America needs to say, I want this contract to exist where I buy this thing from Australia and we are going to give our company money for that because otherwise 
those rights could be bought by some other entity, including that Netflix makes or sense. somebody else. And so we have to pay them to give us that thing. Um, but it is absurd because uh, they're not, they don't, all these things fall through the cracks when you're dealing, doing it that way. It's not as unified as like um, Disney's approach to this stuff where they never gave out rights to things internationally, really, um, uh, because they they had such a tight control over their intellectual property and what they were broadcasting and what they were um, uh, doing with stuff that they uh, only had a partnership with Netflix that expired at a certain time and that they had uh, partnerships for certain um a couple other movies and things to like uh, have like a first run on some pay-per-view thing or whatever in some markets, but it, it all came back to Disney basically. And when it does that, then Disney with its full force of Disneyness um, makes it internationally available. Um, and even things that are on Hulu in America wind up being on the star channel uh, internationally in other markets inside of the Disney app um, because of branding stuff, but the company itself recognizes, Hey, we have this thing we could sell in someplace else. And here in America, Paramount plus is like, oh, I don't know what we're doing. Like, uh, we got, uh, this program, I guess we could renew it. Uh, I guess it expired. I don't know. And then the customer service people don't have any idea. They're just like, yeah, I guess you can't watch it. Cause you're not in Australia. And it's like, but no one, none of those people are motivated to talk to one another about finding a solution to any of that stuff. Like theoretically someone in the customer service team should have contacted somebody who handles these contracts and said, Hey, um, did you guys mean to let this lapse? Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> well, yeah, that's, that's a bummer, yeah. uh, that it works that way. But, um, yeah, hey, then that, that's the other thing is like, then life finds a way and people find a way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't have to be this way. No, it doesn't. And they're losing out on money that they could be making. And, uh, frustrating their customers who are searching for completely legal ways of uh, downloading this stuff uh, exactly. or streaming this stuff. Like when you looked at through uh, Amazon, who is, uh, I wrote a blog post uh, for Six Colors uh, last month. Um, and it's just one of those things where uh, no one is really policing that's, well, not police, uh, no one is monitoring that stuff that companies put into their uh there's search results for universal search. So nobody understands really what's there. Um, so when you go on those Amazon search results and it turns out it's through a channel, Amazon can't tell you because of store policies, but then why is that search result there? Oh, because nobody cares. Um, nobody's going to monitor it. No one's going to do it. And if uh, you happen to have the wherewithal to pursue it and f like Google it online or something and find out how to pay Amazon for it, then you could do it. Um, and Apple doesn't even have the motivation to cut back on its own things. So like uh, there was uh, was it Fight Club was available on Paramount Plus uh, for uh, viewing, but it was also, uh, uh, what was it? It, it was uh, recommended to me to view it through Amazon um, because it was on IMDb TV through Amazon. Uh, uh, that is their free ad supported garbage um, yes. thing. And, I didn't want to watch it that way, but it started playing that way. And then I had to back out yeah. of that and I had to find how else to do it. Um, and with Paramount, uh, they had it streaming through Paramount Plus, but because it's streaming on Paramount Plus, then Apple's also promoting the Paramount channel that I could subscribe to. <laughs> it doesn't understand that 
I subscribe to Paramount Plus and I have directly. Right. Yeah. And, and so I have a subscription and an app with them. I don't go through Apple for it, but Apple wants to promote the thing that's through them. So it is, it is a mess. Um, and arguably, I see no benefit at all to the channel situation the way it is. Um, it used to be a convenient way for people to add and remove things without having to deal with putting in payment information for other um, streaming applications. But it winds up polluting all of your search results and right. your ability to navigate or browse. Um, so it, it has some downsides. I agree. Yeah. And on that cheerful note, we should probably wrap this up. Let's wrap it up. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll see you in Kansas City for our barbecue. <laughs> that sounds good. I will bring the coleslaw mm-hmm. and you bring the the pineapple. Yes. I'm it's a glad good you summer. didn't say Cinnabar because I don't want to carry it. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, the- please don't take Cinnabar on a plane. <laughs> yeah.